the Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. Welcome back to Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a show about a nanny. <laughs> Not just any nanny, the nanny. That's right. Nanny Fran. Fran Drescher. Star of the hit sitcom from the 90s, The Nanny. And I am Shondi Pasquale here with Tori Sheffield. And bringing I bringing it back. I didn't know that you channeled Chris Farley so well when you wanted to. <laughs> um, welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. How is your week? We'll listen. Go on. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, that's a shame. Sorry to hear about him. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but you're. It's, it was for the best, and when one door closes, a window opens. Another one, yes, for you to jump out of. <laughs> uh, just kidding. The Dope Diamond. We're here this week talking about Season 3, Episode 3, The Dope Diamond. Um, this episode was directed by Dorothy Lyman. Mm -hmm. She's back and better than ever. And it was written by Diane Wilk, who uh, we, we're all very familiar with. Yes. And this is the episode where Fran gets engaged to a con artist by accident. It's not her Again. <laughs> yeah. And it causes her and her mother to have to face some pretty toxic family dynamics. Yes. Yeah. It really becomes an episode about like – her problems with her mom and her mom's problems with her mom, like generational, uh, you know, baggage. Dis yeah. Yeah. And the and dissonance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the dope diamond is a play on the hope diamond, um, which is a very, very famous diamond. It's like the world's biggest diamond. It's, um, I don't know if it's the world's biggest diamond, but it's, for, maybe it is. It's 45.52 carat. Um, and it's, blue in color due to trace amounts of boron. It's currently in the yeah. Smithsonian. So I've seen it a couple times, but boron. Are you sure that's not boring? <laughs> <laughs> what if I just go, you hear me sobbing for, for a few, excuse me. I just, uh, I need to go drink some water. <laughs> you just immediately end the, the call. <laughs> Um, I actually cut out the fact that uh, it was extracted in the 17th century from the Kalor mine in Guntar, India. So now you're only Kalor, getting – more like a boar. <laughs> <laughs> but so we, in this episode, we right off the bat establish that Fran has been dating an English doctor, an English Jewish doctor, which mm -hmm. I feel like is hard to find. Um, I felt it was very fake as soon as uh, I said he was also Jewish. I was like, he's not Jewish. I mean, there are definitely Jewish people in England. There's but no English <laughs> Jewish people. Don't be ridiculous. I know. We just never hear about them. In, we never in, hear about them. In The Crown in or in Upstairs, Downstairs or any of the things that, you know, we get our English news from. Yeah. But How come so there's no English Jewish people on Downton Abbey? How come there's no Jewish English people in the royal family? Well, I can tell you why. <laughs> um, I can tell you why, but they'll have me killed. <laughs> so uh, she's dating this English doctor who she met at, quote, ha the Hadassah Hoedown. The, the Hadassah Hoedown. I love it. I do too. And as expected, Mr. Sheffield is clearly jealous. Um, so, you know, literally Fran's coming down the stairs with Sylvia in the opening scene. And um, Fran is trying to hike her skirt a little lower to, on her knee and Sylvia is trying to hike it up higher on mm -hmm. her thigh uh, to prepare for this date with this man um, <laughs> named Jules. Yeah. 
And um, do we need to we, define what Hadassah is? I, I actually do later, but we later? can do it now. Oh. No, no, we can, we should, let's do it now because we have some Yiddish too to go over. But okay. Hadassah is it's the name of the real name of Queen Esther. Yes. Um, which if you – this is so Jewy. But if you know the story, <laughs> the story of Purim, which is a, a, a Jewish holiday, yeah. it is the story and the celebration of, as usual, when the Jews overcame persecution. <laughs> and it starts off – Yeah, another parable of the Jews almost being murdered and barely surviving. <laughs> yes. And in this – basically, there's this young Jewish woman named Hadassah. And yeah. she ends up um, – like the, the king, who is not – Jewish. He ends up falling in love with her. And so she changes her name to hide her Jewish identity mm-hmm. and she marries into the royal family and she becomes Esther. And she basically uses sort of her wits and her ability to to convince, to save the Jewish people from um, this uh, – guy in the court who wants to basically kill all the Jews named Haman. And one thing that you do if you ever went to um, Temple yes. for this is they – it's like the only fun holiday the for only kids. only fun holiday for kids. Because, yep. you know, it's kind of like Halloween. Like you dress up in costumes and you dress up as the different people from the story. And they tell the story during the um, – in synagogue. And every time they say the name Haman, you get to use these noisemakers to be yep. like, boo, boo. And and yeah. um, it's truly, truly the only fun I mean, <laughs> thing you do in Temple. Um, yes. But anyway, so that is who – that's Hadassah. And the name is often used, you know, for ch- women-centered charities in Israel, yeah. things like that. But so this was the Hadassah hoedown. Uh, we then have this great scene where Mr. Sheffield is in his office with Cece and Niles. And Fran stops by with – this guy, Jules, and Cece literally starts to sob because he's so gorgeous. <laughs> um, another and- another um, soap opera actor, too. Uh, I forget this this actor's name. But he was another – I looked him up and I was like, oh, it's another dude who's from like daytime, oh. daytime soaps. He, t- uh, uh, he totally has that vibe. I can so see him being like a doctor on a soap opera. Right? Yes. Perfect. That's what yes. made me look him up is I was like, who is this guy? Because he's he, like almost Pierce Brosnan-esque. It, it was like Pierce Brosnan and Guy Pierce if they yes. had a baby. Yeah. And then I looked and it was like 400 episodes of General's Hospital as Duke Lavery. <laughs> also, you, I really like that you called it General's Hospital. As if General's it's Hospital. A, it's a wartime epic. Is that not what the show's about? It's still a soap opera. Is that not what it is? <laughs> it's, it's General's Hospital. Is it not a Civil War era set? <laughs> TV show soap opera. He was also on Bold and the Beautiful and Days of Our Lives. I mean, he was he's like all my children as Dr. Greg Madden. So you nailed it. He did play a doctor on a soap opera. Yes, yes. Very. All makes sense. Um, and he stops in and he says that, you know, he's taking Fran to a matinee. And Mr. Sheffield, again, very jealous, um, instantly gets into basically like a dick swinging contest, but about their theater connections, which is very funny because he's like, uh, Jules is like, oh uh, yes, like I got us, you know, um, really, like really good seats. I, I know the director. And then Mr. Chevy is like, I know the writer. And he's like, I know the blah, blah, blah. And like, they keep going back yeah. and forth. And she's like, stop it, stop it. Um, and that evening, Sylvia is at the mansion waiting. She's just waiting around because she wants to hear how Fran's date went. So that means that in practice – It has to be so annoying for the chef here. I know. But like 
like, could you imagine if you hired a nanny and her mom for some reason was just at your house all the time? You'd be like, what's happening? And that's what's so funny, though, is the fact that they're now like so intimately enmeshed in the dresser in the uh, fine family um, (laughs) because she's literally just – she won't sit down at the dining room table for dinner even though they keep saying, please sit down, join us. And she goes, no, 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 I couldn't eat. I'm not even hungry. And she's like literally picking things off people's plates and shoving it in her mouth. (laughs) And she – this best moment. She looks at little Gracie and there's a baked potato on her plate and she goes – such a big potato for such a little girl. And she shoves her fork in it and then <laughs> tilts her wrist her wrist up because then she goes, look at the time. So that now she has expertly like taken the entire potato off of the plate in one swoop. And then she goes, you know, I'll be in the kitchen. I'm going to need some meat to wash this down. <laughs> so she t- walks off with an entire potato on her fork. Very funny. Greasy um, potato. Very <laughs> And then Mr. Sheffield, you know, he very smugly says that, you know, well, you know, none of us should get too attached to this jewels because we all know Miss Fine's relationships always ends in disaster. Um, at which point Fran comes running and yelling that um, she's that she goes, he asked me to marry him. Which for a split second, I thought we were getting a um, a best of episode, like a flashback episode. When he was like, we know oh. Fran's things always end in disaster. <laughs> For a split second, I was like, oh, no, please don't cut to like every previous date Fran's been on ending in disaster because I don't want oh. I don't want a clip show. But it wasn't I, a clip show. Thank well, God. Well, and I, they, I don't think they do these in sitcoms anymore. But for anyone who doesn't know, there used to be – these episodes, usually later in later seasons of us, yeah, to save money. They're like, yeah. their budget thing. They were just like, we're out of ideas. We just need a break for a week. Let's do an episode where it literally starts off with a character being like, because <laughs> it's not as if you've ever lost your temper, and then you just cut to all the previous scenes where that yes. has happened, and that's that's literally the whole episode. This was this was such a uh, so heavily practiced that Simpsons in like their third season, I think did an episode called So It's Come to This, a Simpsons clip show, where they just remember stuff that happened in previous episodes. It was um it it, was, so I, like it was parodyable how often this happened in in sitcoms. And I and I truly do think I don't even think it was a, an out of ideas thing. I really think it was like a it this was how you saved money is like, oh, we only need one set and three actors this week and then we don't even need them there for the full week of filming because it's <sighs> what are you shooting? You're shooting just like three little in, bis- in between moments to sort of clip all the clips together. Yeah, it was so but, disappointing when that was the episode. Yeah, <laughs> but the the way he framed the line, I was like, oh no. <laughs> um, and then, well, so Fran comes running in and goes, "He asks me to marry him," and yes. then she goes, "I'm so excited, I couldn't even eat." And then she looks at Gracie's plate and goes, "Such a big corn for such a little girl." And she grabs the <laughs> corn off of Gracie's plate, starts eating it, um, and she sits down and she literally starts to explain that, like. Yes, he asked me to marry him, but I didn't say yes. And what she yes. doesn't know is that Sylvia has walked back into the dining room and is behind her. And as soon as Sylvia hears, but I didn't say yes, she passes out, <laughs> then regains consciousness and starts clawing at Fran's ankles, then starts chasing her around the dining room. With the and corn. With the corn. And then chases her into the kitchen. because And, she, and then, you know, they kind of like reach this detente and – Sylvia's just like, I just don't understand 
Like, why would you say no to this? Like, she's like, I don't mean to be cruel, but you're a glorified, you're a glorified cleaning girl. Like this was, <laughs> could have been your last chance. And she basically convinces Fran and Fran, well, cause Fran's like, I didn't say yes, but I didn't say no. I just said I needed to think. And then Sylvia's like, and have you thought about it? And Fran's like, yes, like, and I'm going to say yes. So they hug just as Mr. Sheffield comes in and he starts going, Oh, Miss Fine, you know, I was thinking it's so good that you didn't say yes. I think you're much too sensible a girl to rush into. And then before he can even finish the sentence, he yelps in pain. <laughs> and then Sylvia holds up a giant fork and goes, oh, I'm sorry. Did this fork accidentally puncture your tuchus? <laughs> so she's clearly like, shut up. Um, and... Okay, so we establish Fran is engaged to this debonair Jules character. Um, and then yeah. so we cut to this very fancy sort of like Park Avenue jewelry store. Um, and he's brought her there. So I thought it was funny that I named him Jules and he ends up being a jewel thief. Yeah, I'm sure. I it, thought that was really funny. Like once I realized what the episode was, I was like, <laughs> they called him Jules. Well, especially because, you know, when Fran first is coming down the stairs and is like, you know, Jules isn't even here yet. I was thinking a girl was coming over and I didn't under, you know, right. I was surprised. I'm like, oh no, it's a guy and it's a date, yeah. but um, it's an ambiguous name. I was thinking it was Jules from Pulp Fiction, Samuel Jackson's character. Oh. From Pulp Fiction. I was like, oh my God, what a crossover. Crossover. I was thinking it was um, Jules from Euphoria and I was like, wow. So, so progressive. Yeah. That's funny wow. because I thought it was Jules Verne and I was like, oh my God, time travel. <laughs> Oh god, any other jewels? I was oh. I was racking my brain just now. <laughs> uh, but I, I ran out. I was that's right I, went, I hit empty at Jules Verne. Um, <laughs> um so oh. he takes her to a jewelry store, Jules, and they're looking around for a ring. And there's a there's a funny line where she she's like, I don't want anything too ostentatious or big, and then she's like, like like, what is that? And the lady goes, that's a glass ashtray. <laughs> yes. yes. And she, but she, oh, it's a crystal ashtray. She's like, she's like, but she's not saying it like, I don't want anything like that. It's the opposite. She's like, I don't want anything too big or ostentatious. You know, maybe something more like that. And then yeah. it's a crystal ashtray. <laughs> um, Which, yeah. that, like, that I might argue, like, is a line where you're like, is she too dumb to know what a ring looks like? <laughs> no, no, no. The line, it's just truly that she's claiming she doesn't want anything ostentatious. And then the thing she likes best is it's so large. Giant it's, yeah, it's well, it's just the <laughs> biggest, shiniest thing possible that would look absurd on an actual human finger. Um, but so then she, you know, realizes that and then she uh kind of like her eyes. Uh, get caught on this other ring that's, you know, huge as well. And the sales girl, who does a lot with this little role. Yeah, she does. She's like, oh, this one. She goes, this one's $50,000. And she like mm -hmm. takes it out of the case. And it, it, it Jules, he seems very unimpressed by it. And he's like, hmm, I don't know. It just doesn't sparkle. And the sales goes, it's a little cloudy. And, the, and she's like, what like she yeah. looks she she really does act the hell out of this she looks very like offended and confused and like and she pained. gets defensive yeah and she's like it's not it's like this is a beautiful it's a five carat diamond and da da da, da. you know uh she's like it sparkles in the sunlight 
Um, yes, yes. And she's, she even says him. She's like, go take it out. She's like, go. You don't. No, he an- says it. She says it sparkles in the sunlight. And he goes, yeah. He's like, well, maybe I should take it outside and see it. And he's like, I'll leave her as collateral. And he kind of like gives Fran like a little nudge. And mm-hmm. then he walks out the door. And yeah, so ostensibly. Just, yeah. yeah, to like go to go hold it up in the sun, basically. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then Fran is talking to the lady. And they're talking, and then and then the sales girl just goes, "Hey, wait!" <laughs> yeah, she where goes, is "Where?" He? She goes, "Where is your fiance?" Yeah, and, and she, that literally like security descends and they grab Fran. And they're like, "Don't let her get away!" And um, they they they're like, "Call the police!" And she goes, "He's a doctor. He doesn't need the money. Hillary's health plan didn't go through," <laughs> which uh, which is funny because hey. She does know about Hillary's health plan, which insinuates she knows something mm-hmm, about what goes on mm-hmm. in the news. And for anybody, um, for some of our younger listeners, um, before Obamacare, it was Obamacare before Obamacare, yeah, yeah that's what I was just there, about to say. <laughs> there was, there was, you know, famously uh, in Bill Clinton's first term, Hillary it was Clinton, Clinton Care, was it? No, 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 it wasn't. But so she wanted to make her platform universal health care, and this bill went. Uh, she. She compiled this potential bill that was, you know, very, very complicated and really, really like probably of no fault to her own, but to the fault of our healthcare system. And it didn't go through for a lot of reasons. And it was kind of considered this like this failed endeavor um, and this failed thing that Hillary Clinton, like the first lady, had tried. And so when Obama was trying to get it passed, there was lots and lots of references to like, well, we already tried this and we remember what a disaster it was back then and blah, blah, blah. Um, so, so that was what this was. Yeah. Um, well, and the joke was that the – healthcare industry would have taken such a hit from this that like doctors wouldn't have been able to be rich anymore. We cut back to the store like a little bit later. Yes. That we cut, yeah. yes it's Fran talking to a detective because clearly that was like the commercial break is Fran mm-hmm. gets abandoned and, and this guy has like, you know, um, totally conned her. So we cut back to the store. Fran's talking to a detective and the detective reveals that this is Jules Kimball, and he's a known cart- con artist who, quote, usually preys on women over 30. And then he goes, you know, single, desperate. <laughs> so so Fran was like a target for this guy, like someone who would clearly say yes, could clearly, you know, then plausibly get him into a high-end jewelry store and then give him opportunity to steal, which also I'm like, I mean, I have never been in a situation where I would know if this is something that could happen, would they ever let you like no. walk, yeah, walk even close Never. to the door? Never in a million billion years would that happen. And the fact that there's, there is established security to the store, I feel like the security would have been like, no. And yeah. if you were like somehow really rich and could insist on it, I feel like security would walk outside with you. They wouldn't just let you walk out with yes. a ring. <laughs> Be yeah, like, hey, look at this. I remember like 15 years ago when my cousin's husband picked out a ring, you had to go like into the, a back room with one other person and they would like show you one by one. Yeah, it's silly. Um, Although did you catch the uh, the reference to the fugitive? Did you catch that um, joke? 
I'm not sure. What was it? She goes, so he goes, his name is Jules Kimball and blah, blah, blah. And like, and now we have no idea where she is. And Fran goes, Dr. Kimball, a fugitive? What are the odds? And that's a direct, because The Fugitive was a show about a doctor who was framed for murdering his wife and he did it. And his name was Dr. Richard Kimball. Wait, it was a show? I thought it was a movie with Harrison Ford. It was, which was based on a TV show. I didn't know. I just knew the movie with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Well, there you go. That was based on a show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Then we cut back to the Sheffield mansion. Fran is miserable because for obvious reasons. Mortified. Like you can tell she feels really dumb. Yes. And Sylvia shows up at first seemingly to console her. But it just instantly devolves in a fight where basically Fran's like, you know, this is all your fault. Like you have been pressuring me to be married and to yes. get married like for as long as I can remember. So like, of course I was going to fall victim to something like this. And Sylvia's like, how dare you blame me for like you being stupid and all this stuff. And Gracie comes down the stairs. And this is the first time we've really heard anything from Gracie in a number of episodes. Yes. Um, and <laughs> she goes, line she's had for sure. Yes. Yeah. And she goes, I could hear you. Oh no, wait, hold on. What? I just po- I just accidentally pressed play. Hold on. What? I pressed play on the episode. I didn't know my headphones could do that. I touched oh. my head. <laughs> <laughs> so, so oh, okay. So Gracie comes down the stairs and she is like, I could hear you arguing and I recommend that you two go to therapy together. Yeah. And they sit down next to her. And she's literally sitting between them. And <laughs> Sophia goes, Oh, I don't know. I'm just not the type of person who can sit on a couch and scream and cry about how miserable I am. <laughs> and Fran goes, oh, please, put a lean cuisine on your lap and you're at home. <laughs> Which is so true. It is so true. So true, yes. Oh, God. Some of the most miserable people I know who only want to tell you about their problems also insist that they could never whine at yep. their Yep, yep. Oh. Uh, but you know, they actually end up taking little wise Gracie's advice. And then we have this fantastic scene where we see we're in. There's a joke there where Gracie's like, she's like, you know, you could see this doctor or this doctor is really good at it. She lists like 10 therapists and you're like, oh, they still, the only character trait they have for Gracie is that she sees therapists. <laughs> yeah, well, she's literally like, she's like, you could see Dr. You know, Milken, so, you know, he's probably a little too cerebral. But then there's, yeah. <laughs> she has like a Rolodex of therapists. Um, and 
Oh, so then we have. But they agree to go. They, they they agree to go to therapy because then we cut to them in therapy. Yes. Um, well, first you just see this is there's this great reveal in this episode yeah. because you see that it's the therapist and she says, um, "So, like, what brought you ladies here?" And we cut to Fran and she goes, "Well, I came because my mother has an obsession with me getting married." And then the camera pans to the right to Sylvia and she goes. I came because my daughter has a delusion that I have an obsession. And then <laughs> we band to the right again and we get Yetta, which made me so happy. <laughs> so happy. She goes, I came because they brought me and I don't know how to get home from here. <laughs> <laughs> and she has her those glasses, those Coke bottle glasses that make her eyes look gigantic. And she's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> they, they crack me up every single time. Every time, yeah. Um <laughs> And the thing is, they they end up talking it out, and they they actually get a resolution where you know Sylvia's like, you know, when I talk about wanting you to have these things like a family and all that, I, I just it's because I want you to be happy. Yeah. And then Fran starts to cry, and she's like, I know, but like I think that I can have a meaningful life even if that never does happen for me. And they they embrace, and you know, they they have their reconciliation throughout all this. Um, and then we have a I thought was a great last button or scene of this episode where they, we go back to the mansion, Fran comes home and, you know, Mr. Sheffield asked her how the session went and she's like, you know, everything got worked out and she's like, but listen to this. The therapist thinks I'm subconsciously avoiding a relationship <laughs> and like laughs. And then Mr. Sheffield's like, he laughs and he's like, you know, Gracie's therapist says the same thing about me. And then he's, they're both like, I mean, if either of us found someone who made us laugh, who we could spend all our time with, who we were attracted to, we'd never let them go. And literally, as they're about to walk away from each other, Mr. Sheffield's cufflink is stuck on Fran's hair. And she's like, oh, wait, wait, hold on. We're stuck on each other. <laughs> and, and it's a freeze frame, which I yeah. thought was great. I thought it was super cute. Mm-hmm. It do you think some of the do you think some of the stuff between Fran and her mom like like obviously a lot of it is like just pulled from like this is what Jewish mothers are like to like their single daughters, but it also some of it sounds like a conversation that like the show is having with executives demanding that Fran and and Mr. Sheffield get married. Where it's like I can be a single woman who's happy and like in my thirties and it's okay, you know. And then the mom's like, "No, <laughs> nobody wants." That. Yeah, it does seem to have that very subconscious uh, fuel to it, right? right? Like it's like a defense, an active defense of what the show wants to be versus like what the like what the studio wants the show, you know, or the network wants the show to become, which is like get them married and like put them together already, you know. Yeah, though we could be reading way too much into it because. Fran and Peter Mark Jacobson's definitely liked that these are two people who were going to be oblivious to the fact that they're meant for each other yes. for a very long time. Yeah. So yeah, but Sylvia in this in this yeah. in this scenario, Sylvia becomes like the the network, you know, going like, no, yeah, you have to true. get married. You're useless if you're not married. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, favorite parts or moments? Oh wait, is it segments time? Segments. Oh, I didn't even know segments. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say, we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Tori. So, uh, I, I laughed out loud when Sylvia is holding an entire potato on the fork and goes, 
I'll be in the kitchen. I need a meat to wash this down. <laughs> <laughs> I also liked um, Chef, Mr. Sheffield and, and, and Fran are talking after the ring gets stolen. And she, he's like, oh, Miss Fi, this wasn't the stupidest thing you've ever done. And she goes, yeah, the stupidest thing I ever did was Windex your Monet. Or should I say your mon? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, I have that too. And like she, she smudged the ET off Monet. Monet. Um, in the, like basically around that same part of the episode, um, Mr. Sheffield claims that he knew he they shouldn't have trusted Jules, and he's like, because I can spot a con from a mile away. And Fran goes, this from a man who paid me time and a half to work on Hebrew National Day. This <laughs> <laughs> is fantastic. Yep. Um, I really liked. Um, in when when okay earlier in the episode fran is blaming sylvia for the whole situation um and mr sheffield goes i'm sure your mother meant well and niles goes they always do like when they discourage you from pursuing a singing career so you can follow in your father's footsteps as a subservient slave (laughs) and there's like a beat and he looks at mr sheffield and he goes and loving every minute of it sir (laughs) (laughs) that was that was mine i had that one highlighted too i love that line i just like the reveal that like <clears throat> we already know Niles has an excellent singing voice, but now we've gotten like confirmation that like he wanted to pursue that and his mother would not let him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there was a, a line in the therapy session, which was just also so true to life. Sylvia goes, I just think there's a time when a child has to stop blaming their mother for everything that happens to them. And then she turns to Yetta and goes, this is all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, everything that Yetta says and does is hilarious. I don't even, there's not, I can't even write them all down. Everything mm-hmm. she does, every line she's given, every look, she's without question my favorite person. Super, super funny. Um, and that, and it's always like unexpected when we get her sometimes. Like when an episode's not about Yetta being there, but she just pops up, you're always like, oh, amazing. She also goes, she goes, at one point in, in therapy, Yetta says, um, uh, she's like, don't, don't bother her about getting married. She should get married when she wants to, not just because she got knocked up by the seltzer man. Like I, and then she's <laughs> yeah. like, like I heard people do. <laughs> yeah, like I heard people do. And then she goes, uh, Sylvia goes, um, my daughter's just stop blaming me for everything. It, it, you know, and she's like, it's your fault. And to, to her mom, you know, Sylvia says to Yetta, it's your fault. And, and Yetta goes, me? And she goes, you're the one who kept pushing me to have children. They're nothing but heartache. And Yetta goes, that's right. Payback time. Yep. <laughs> God. She's it was so great. good. But oh, yeah. she's so good. It was such a delightful scene. And I did not expect the episode to kind of go there. And I was very happy. Um, yeah. And then for listener comments, Love Francine wrote us and said, Sylvia's line where she tells Fran, you're a glorified cleaning girl. Hilarious. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Susanna Varghese, who uh, sent us a bunch of great stuff last week, she she says, I love that Fran is, quote, feeding into Cece stuffing her face. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not just Niles messing with her. We start seeing more of that. um, Because basically, at one point, Fran's like, oh, yeah, um, you know, because what women deal with their, like, um, sexual frustration by just eating and then Cece with a full mouth of sandwich goes that's completely absurd (laughs) then Fran literally hands her a bag of M&Ms and tells her she's going to get bonbons for her at the theater and Cece like goes ooh (laughs) Um, and um, she also wrote Mr. Sheffield is a butt face at times 
I think that's the perfect way to describe Mr. Sheffield yeah. when he's being absurd, a butt face. I yeah. love it. He is. Also, yeah. uh, she also says, how many fine pieces of art does Mr. Sheffield have? Like Monet, Picasso? Like, yeah, you know, their, their wealth is, is a weird, it's like weirdly constantly in flux where sometimes it seems like they have so much money that they never have to worry about some of the stuff that like he worries about business wise. And then sometimes, you know, Sometimes he's, you know, he's fretting over like not being able to get a show together. And you're like, well, what does he even care about this? Like, and also why not just put your own, like, like if he's got like six Monet's, why is he like, oh, the, the investors might not invest in my tiny play that costs under a million dollars to fund. Like what? Um, I, it's inconsistent. Okay. My take on this, we've talked a little about this before, but I feel like we have even more clarity now. I think that, you know, his father doesn't did not respect what he chose to do. Um, and I think he has um, a big chip on his shoulder and really, really wants to be successful independently of the family. Yeah. That's kind of how I read him now. That's why he pushes so hard for work stuff, even though he technically doesn't have to because they're clearly like billionaires. Yes, but as we said before, if you really, really want something to work professionally, it still feels humiliating and it hurts your ego and it feels like a failure if it doesn't work out, even if your income is not riding on it. That's true. I have a friend who doesn't depend on income at all and every time he fails, it hurts him. (laughs) That's just karma though for him. I know you're talking (laughs) about. Oh, man. Um, Yiddish. Tuchus. Tuchus. It, it means your tushy, your bottom. Yeah, tuchus. Mm-hmm. My grandma used to say, I'll give you a potch and tuchus. What's and that? that? That meant she was going to spank me. <laughs> but she never did it. She would just try and she'd be like, do you want a potch and tuchus? And I'd be like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I don't. Of course not. <laughs> I don't. That's not till later will I'll get into that. <laughs> no. This podcast is for people in their 30s who don't want to hear anything about – I was going to say children, but uh, – <laughs> This is a show for kids. <laughs> um, Our famous so- children's show. <laughs> Um, nanny trivia. It's very yes. short and sweet this episode. I found out there are Fran Drescher Barbies that you can buy on eBay. Yeah, you know, I kind of I, like Barbie did a lot of that in like the 90s where they would like do like themed characters, but like official Barbie brand characters. It's crazy that like Fran Fine is one that they went for, but and it's a talking Barbie. <laughs> It doesn't go like, oh, Mr. Sheffield. Yes, it's yes, got I it, think right? it does. I'm oh, thinking I might try to get one. I'm thinking about it. Please get one of those. I think I might have to. Isn't it funny that we started doing a podcast about a show that we were both like, yeah, that was a fun romp. And now we're going to end up owning like memorabilia. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's funny too, because like someone was asking me about the podcast yesterday and they had some very surface level question. And I realized that my answer was going to be so in-depth and specific. <laughs> and like, I haven't even like fully realized how much information about the show I have gradually acc- accrued over a year yeah. to make me – I am now inaccessible if I talk to a normal person. About yes. <laughs> I like Because I remember when we first started this, a friend of mine was like, are you even like – I didn't know you were like a huge fan of The Nanny. And I was like, I mean, I watched it when I was a kid. You know, yeah. like we just thought it would be like fun. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm like – yeah, well, that's actually season four, episode twenty six, <laughs> when that happens. I mean, their first kiss isn't is in episode 
12 of season one, but technically yeah. it's not yeah. really. We'll <laughs> be like, I mean, there was just a whole lot of tension with the network that like we could get into. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, but... you know, Peter told us. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I wouldn't have it any other way. Because yeah. honestly, if we weren't this jazzed about it, this would be hell. <laughs> so. No, I mean, honestly, knowing you and I, if we weren't this jazzed about it, we would have stopped after like two of these. Yeah, I think <laughs> we both I mean? very quickly called it and been like, it's not worth it. Let's mm-hmm. just not do it. <laughs> no, but it's fun. The show stays entertaining. You know, it really does. Yep. I yep. enjoy it. Um, and so finally, the friend yeah. of the CC, I said, we've both established on from previous episodes that we'd both get conned. <laughs> so I think another uh, friend. Oh, God. If this friends. was like a gender reverse situation, <laughs> it would have happened instant. This could have happened to me 10,000 times. <laughs> like now that I'm in a, in a very long term, like, like uh, you know, uh, heading towards marriage relationship, I can reveal that if you had previously dated me and wanted to rip me off, it would have been very easy to do so. <laughs> yeah. I would have just been like, yeah, sure, whatever you need. Um, but good My news, late. Account number, sure. I mean, <laughs> Uh, you're probably not going to remember it, so I'll just write it down for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, good news, ladies. There's a hundred million more Sean's where that came from out there. <laughs> you just got to know how to spot them. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm easily, I'm overly trusting, so 100%. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But, so we're both the Fran. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I will say that, but hey, maybe this is where we're different. I can be, I'm a, avoidant so i would probably get very scared if someone said, <laughs> said they wanted to be with me that much if someone very, was like i love you you'd be like no <laughs> I'd be like, that's just you're projecting you don't even know me <laughs> and they'd be like but we've known each other for seven years and i'd be like yeah exactly. but i mean what is love <laughs> exactly and what is love baby don't hurt me don't hurt me no more um if you like this show then you should let us know by uh having a go at writing on Apple podcasts or Spotify, a little review and let us know. <laughs> and you, you, you definitely like lost your train of thought. Mid- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, and if you want to uh, talk about your thoughts on upcoming episodes or this episode or anything really, uh, find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at oh Mr. Chef Pod. Chef is spelled with two Fs. And yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>